main posts that you see is like, how do I get more clients? What can I do to grow my client base? And you're over here like, girl, like just keep the clients that you have and keep them happy. Oh, so yes. it's a better tactic. I think it'll be really cool to hear and see how you do it. Hey guys, Neelam here. Welcome to the Lash Pro Podcast. I'm a lash artist just like you. I've been a lash artist for eight years, but I've been in the beauty industry since I was 16. Things are changing all the time in the beauty biz, and I believe the more that you allow yourself to become a student, the further you're gonna grow. So each episode, we're gonna bring you actionable tips that are gonna help you move the needle forward and elevate your lash business. Think of the Lash Pro Podcast as the business school classes that didn't come with your lash training. Today, we're chatting with my very good friend, Michelle, Her studio name is Authentic Artistry in Cambridge, and you are gonna love her as much as I do. I just know it by the end of this episode. It has been so cool watching her business grow, and you can really see the amount of passion she has, not just for the craft of lashing, but for business, for her clients, and for mentoring other lash artists. Today, we're chatting all about how Michelle runs her business on loyal repeat clients that keep on coming back and how you can do the same so you're not always hunting for new ones. Don't forget to take a moment to subscribe and share this episode with a friend who would love to elevate their business. Tell me a little bit about your lash journey. Like, where did you start? How did you get into lashes? Okay, so I was working for somebody and I think I'd heard about the Zara Lash Extensions and I went to go get a set put on. It took a couple of days and they all fell off. And I was like, why did they fall off? I went back, I asked for help. Can I get a, whatever did you call it at that time, Phil? And they were like, yeah, fine. They touched a few up and it, they fell off again. So I was thinking, this might be something I might want to look into learning because it doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> what did I know? So I went and I took a two-day course and I thought I had done as much research as possible. There wasn't a lot of courses to choose from in the area. And this one had two days. So compared to everybody else, two days was like, because everybody yeah. was offering one day. After that, I just, I realized how hard it actually was. <laughs> and I started taking a client here and there, but I wasn't serious about it. I was working and then my boss let me go. We just didn't see eye to eye in a few things. He let me go. And then I was like, okay, now I actually have to make something of this business. And I started in my home. So I'm still at home, actually, in a home-based studio. And I started in one little room in the basement and then started expanding from there. And most of the clients that I have are like, they rotate, like they come back. They, when they're going on a trip or something like that, they still come back here. Okay, it was six, six months. And my husband surprised me with the Frankie course with volume. So six months after classic. Yes, okay. it was way too soon. And... I, being a newbie, my eyes, like when I saw that Frankie Widow's course, I like, I cried because he also arranged for dinner with her. Oh, what a yes. happy. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I even going to say to her? She's incredible. And I don't know what I'm doing. And so that's when we met at that course. And then from there, after that, I was like, I was hooked. I'm like, I'm struggling, but I want to know more. So I just yeah. started taking courses. Like every film, anyone that I admired, I'm like, I'm going to take the course. And then from there, it just, all of a sudden, people started asking me to teach them. And then from there, we are where we are today. Because you're so good at teaching and giving advice. Thank you. Out of all the courses that you've taken, is there one that you've loved the most? I'm going to say Trina's Maven Artistry. Oh, that's been on my list. That's been on my list for years. It's Because to me, it's not just the training. It's about the trainer when I'm looking at a course. And Trina... It is such a genuine person. 
and she wants to make sure that you get the most out of the class. I It was a lot to take in her two-day class, and I found that I just wanted to go back and just watch the class a little bit more. And she was back here in Toronto again, and she's like, come, just sit in, and whatever you missed, just catch up, right, again. Amazing. Which I'm like, she was just, she just really can, wants to make sure that you know what you're doing. And I really appreciate that. And it was a really in-depth course. I'm like that. And then doing it the second time around, did you feel that things clicked in a lot better? Yes. I'm the kind of person that learns by watching. And yeah. the more I see it, the more I get it. So it was good to see it the second time. And then is there a course that you didn't really find useful? And then why was it not useful? You don't have to say what the course was, but like, why was it not useful? What do you wish that they would have done differently? Or what did you experience? So I felt for one lash artist, you see them on social media. I felt for seeing all these beautiful pictures and stuff like that. And then when I actually went to the course, I hadn't done my research enough. And mm -hmm. there was red flags from the beginning. I think I was wowed by too many things. I should have reached out to former students and asked them for their honest opinion on what the class was. And it turned out that I knew more than the instructor. And you leave and you realize it's been a thousand dollars. But it still taught me something, right? To make sure that I know enough when I'm teaching students, right? When they come in, they get the value. Absolutely. So the biggest thing I think when you're looking at courses and you're looking to invest in education is getting the referrals from other students. Well, theory Canada, right? On Ontario, anybody can print a certificate off and put it on their wall. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, there's no regulations or whatsoever. So I always tell students when you're looking for a course, don't look for the quickest course. Don't look for the cheapest course. Look for how does the instructor connect with you? And then go to the students and check how the students are doing. Ask them for their honest referral on how a class is. That'll give you a good feel as to whether or not it's something you want to invest your time and money. That makes sense. I remember I was really lucky because you hear all of these horror stories about like people investing in training or their first training because they didn't know any better. And I had emailed so many people and I think I got response back from one person in particular with all of my questions answered and more. When I went in, I did the course, classic lashes. I hated it. Like I, the course was fine. It was thorough. She taught me everything I needed to know, but it was so hard and I hated doing it because it took me forever to finish a set. And I didn't do much with it afterwards. Almost two years later, I was like, Hey, I sent her an email. I'm like, I kind of want to write my exam because I hadn't done my exam with her yet either. And I'm like, can I come back for another class? And she said, she did the exact same thing. She said, you can come in, you can sit on the two day class again, but only if you promise me that you're going to write your exam after you're going to physically do your model exam yeah. afterwards. So I'm like, okay, good. I'm all in. I did it. <laughs> I sat there for the two days. I think I got like an 87% on my model. And she's like, girl, you're fine. Stop overthinking it. The only thing you have to work on is your speed, but things like that, like communication and going yeah. the extra mile. A lot of people be like, yeah, you want to come back, but I'm going to charge you for it. And like, yeah. Same thing like fills that we do for our clients where if the next day, I can see this online all the time, the next day the client loses all of their lashes, they're just like, it's not my fault. So you're going to have to pay for it. You want to fill, you have to pay for it. Whereas I think both of us do the same thing where if it's the next day, like it's on us and you probably oh, take yeah. it a little bit further than that as well. But if it's the next day, the client didn't do nothing. That was, that's on me, girl. Like you come back in, I'll fix it. If I can't fix it right now, I will fix it later in the week or something. Exactly. I have a three-day policy. So contact me within three days and tell me what happened. And if I even have a little bit of a question when the client goes out the door, like I'm thinking, okay, something didn't feel right in the room, I will reach out and I will text them the next day. I'll be like, how are your lashes doing? Right? I know that they're spending a hundred dollars with me. I'm not inexpensive. And I know that, yeah. especially given the area that I have small town and I know word of mouth travels pretty quickly. So I will follow up 
And if they're like, well, why don't you lock this and that? Come back in. I will fix it. It was me. I did something. I actually just had that a couple of weeks ago. First time in a long time. And I knew something was off when I was doing it. Yeah. I must have left a bit of cleanser in her lash line. And a few came off. And this client's been with me for six years. Never really had any. And she said, I really hate to tell you. She put a bunch fell off. I'm like, come on in. That's it. Put it all on. She goes, not a single one has fallen off for two weeks. And what did it cost me? Nothing. 20 minutes of my time. When you're doing that side, if something's working or not, like you're looking around like, okay, like why am I struggling today? And just going that extra why mile. Why is everything popping people, off? Yes. And I'm just like, I'll do the same thing. I'll be like, take a look at your lashes. Like I'm struggling a little bit today. Let me know how they're doing. But I like the way that you phrased it better where you're like, how are your lashes doing today? So you're not already putting the blame on yourself. Definitely yeah. a better way of phrasing it. So what are some of the reasons that you see? Like, why do you believe that clients don't come back? I think when they have an an experience, a negative experience, like from the get-go. So for instance, like I said, I'm a home studio. So if you're coming up to my home, let's say my front porch is a mess, my house is a mess when you walk through and you come through downstairs to my studio. If the dog was running in the room, the kids are running around screaming. The environment plays a huge role in how a client feels. If you have a studio and things like that, it's the same thing. How loud is it in there? What kind of music are you playing? It may depend on what kind of clientele you want. But how you set up the environment makes a big difference from the get-go. If they have a negative experience from the moment they walk in, they're not too inclined to come back. There's maybe somebody out there that appeals to them more. The second thing is how you treat them. So for me, I always believe in treating people how I would want to be treated, right? Yeah. I'm taking the money. I want to make sure that they get the most out of it for themselves. With what happened with me, the way I was handled after all my extensions popped off. I don't want to do that to somebody else. I want to show care. So that's, it's completely how you treat them. And after the fact, how you react if something goes wrong. I don't respond to messages when I'm upset. I don't respond to my social media by putting up, why are people washing their lashes? From now on, I'm charging for this or that. Like those tones, even if you don't mean them in a, like you're yelling, they come across to the client, like you're chastising them on social media. So all of those things have never been how I run my business. I run them in a way that is respectful to the client so that a lot of times, even if I have somebody who's not happy, we can solve it in a reasonable way. And what do you do when you do get upset? Like you have a situation, you have an altercation with a client via text or you get a voicemail, so it's not face-to-face. What do you do in that moment and how do you respond at a better time? How do you handle that? I wait till later. (laughs) I vent to my friends. I wait till I'm calm. And then I'll call the client back. And then I have to think about it from their perspective, right? Some people, you don't know what's going on in their lives. And maybe this is just the thing that set them off. The tone that they're using, they may not have even meant it. Maybe they don't even see how they're coming across. So I try to give the benefit of the doubt to the person that I'm speaking to. I had somebody a few weeks ago who was quite upset about my non-refundable booking fee. She wanted that back. I called when I was done my nail appointment because she kept calling during while I was getting my nails done. And I spoke to her afterwards, but I waited till I was calm as well. And we worked through it and it was fine afterwards. She did even apologize because I remained calm while I was speaking to her. I once that explained my position or why I have these policies in place. She calmed down immediately. And then from there, it was a reasonable conversation. So just keeping level-headed brain. It goes so far. For sure. And when it comes to like environment, so you say music, depending on like the type of client that you have coming in, what is your client type that you normally mainly see? What type of music do you lean toward? Do you change it for people or do you have a playlist that you go towards? 
It's related to your price point as well. So I think my sets at the beginning were like $50 and my yeah. touch-ups were like maybe $25. Can you imagine? So I had a lot of the college students coming in because it's right within their price point and they would bring their boyfriends and I was playing the radio, I think, and it was like, I still remember commercials were playing all the time. It was just, my walls were dark blue. I think I had the exercise equipment in the other room next to it. Anyways, so they're walking all over you all the time. They're not showing up on time, things like that. Yeah. It, directly correlated to the environment. I expanded the basement, cleaned it all up, raised my prices, changed the music. I have my own Spotify list on Spotify. <laughs> I put my own music in there that I want the clients to relax to. And then everything about the environment down here is meant to be relaxing, including the bed. And then what kind of clients do you have now? Now it tends to be more business women. It started to change where I am again, it's a small community and I'm close to the downtown floor. And so we've got one business owner small business owner and then they all start talking and so I have a, quite a few of them and they send their kids and stuff like that which is great but yeah business women executives I have I don't have too many like new moms I do have the yeah. occasional but mostly women who run their own businesses I love that so word of mouth it's definitely word of mouth for you right that's amazing that's so good that is the best way to get referrals and the best way to get clients because they just have this different excitement to work with you it's not a matter of proving yourself as the expert they already know yep. like people around them have gotten great results. You're already the expert. What you say goes. That's usually the vibe, right? Yeah. And being a small business owner, they seem to understand what I'm going through or why I have yeah. policies as well. And one more question about the fill. So your fill policy that I think will be really valuable. You said that three days, like three days you bring people back, right? So what if they message on day three that they have issues with their lashes, but your schedule is full and you can't bring them back in for another week or two weeks. What happens then? So my schedule is never that full. Honestly, I make sure that there's gaps. Mondays are usually my day off to begin with. I got much better about making sure that there was time for myself. And so I will move something into that if I need to. I build breaks throughout my day. So I don't work. I don't do seven clients a day or anything like that. So there's always, there'll never be a time. I don't think that I don't have 30 minutes to give to somebody. Yeah. Because I make sure that I built it into my life. I used to do that whole six, seven, eight clients back to back. I don't know how, but now my max is four. Like I will not take more than four. I have a lunch break now. And I literally just started doing this yeah. in the past, maybe year and a half. I have a dinner break. <laughs> so there's hour grabs everywhere, but it doesn't matter because my prices are high enough that at the end of the day, like I'm still making what I need to take home. That is always the less than right. Because I remember at the beginning, it was seven fills a day, eight fills a day yeah. I was doing. I had no time for anything. And then I was like, hold on a second. I got so fed up. I'm like, I cannot do this. And I remember whenever I hiked my prices, they were like obnoxious too. It's <laughs> going $10, 15, 10, 20, whatever. And then each time you see a dip in clients, but then the new ones that come in at the new price. Yes. And I'm like, I'm making the same now, but I'm working less. I can eat, I can sleep, I can relax now. Like I feel better, healthy. And then I just have continued to raise my prices since. You can go pee, you can drink some water. Like these are yeah. little luxuries imagine? we don't take into consideration when your schedules are that booked up. Yeah, no kidding. This is a part that I talk about with students a lot though, eh? that pricing part. Yeah? Yeah, because the, a lot of local girls, like a lot of the pricing is very low in this area. And sometimes I see them like with seven or eight, they're working Saturdays and Sundays. And then like when it gets to that point where you're working on the weekends, hike yeah. your prices a bit, worth less. You get paid the same. And then if you want to make more, you're going to move ahead just by you know, more clients if you really want to. But that's how you burn out really fast. 
Yes. And that's the thing. If clients drop off as you increase your pricing, who cares? Because you said people will come in at that new level and people will come in. Your work is getting better. Your skill set is getting better. Your customer service is getting better. So even if you've lost some people as you were going along, other people are going to see that value as long as you're like putting yourself out there, you're creating a great client experience and you're marketing, you're showing up and being there for your clients. People will pay it. When I originally started lashing, way back when I was $75 for a full set, which included a two week fill, which is like oh, insane, but you're charging 50 and 25 so it worked yeah. out to the exact same yeah. thing. And I did that so I could see if my clients' lashes were falling off, so it forces them to come back and mm. then also create that habit. And then when I moved mm-hmm. to Ottawa, I was scared to move here because I, there's Olga and Lavi Lash here, and they've been doing volume lashes. Like they trained with Courtney from Sugar Lash, like way back when, when volume was first mm-hmm. existing. And I was like, shit, I'm going to move here. I'm not going to get any clients. What do I do with my pricing? And <laughs> I originally lined myself almost with them. Cause I'm like, let me just see what happens. Let's just try this <laughs> rather than going lower. Let me just try this. And since then, and I love them. They're two of my favorite people in the city. Yeah. But since then I've now increased my rates and I've increased my fills. And I've had clients drop off and I'm one of the highest price lash artists in the city, but I'm also like mm-hmm. super recommended in all the Facebook groups. And I still have clients coming in and still getting new clients booking at the new rates. Like I was originally, yeah. I think 120 bucks for a full set when I moved to Ottawa for a full classic set. And I think now I'm at 200 and nobody flinches <gasps> at that. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. And Ottawa is a big place too. There's, you can have Come the lash artists there and you'll still be fine. There's so many pairs of bags, right? There's a lot of lash artists here. Bowmanville is like a smaller town. Cambridge. Cambridge. Even Why smaller. Why you're in Bowmanville? Oh, I wish I was in Bowmanville. <laughs> in Bowmanville, I'd be like, my price is now going to be $300 for a classic set. I see you in a couple of weeks. I always thought I was going to Bowmanville. I'm like, oh no, I'm not. I'm going to Cambridge. Oh, you're going to go completely the opposite way. Little town. Everybody I would have that day, literally, I would have hopped on the highway, put into my GPS as I'm going down the 401 and realized, oh shit, I'm going in the wrong direction. <laughs> Where am I going? Yeah. No, it's a little town. So that's why sometimes the fact that I charge 160. So you charge 200. I charge 160 for a set of classics. And people are like, and your home studio? I People get upset at me. And I'm like, yeah, but come in and you'll see why. It's different. It's not the environment. One is one thing. And then two, now I can, now I know your classics are going to last. And what do you do differently? So obviously the environment is one, like you completely change up your environment. And what are other things that you've done to help grow your clientele in such a small town? Well, that word of mouth is a huge thing here because if you have one negative review, there's that study or whatever, right? One negative review, you're going to have five or six people leave because of it. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to all talk to each other. One positive review on the other thing is because it's a smaller area, I tend to always really make sure that I'm taking care of the person. You form a connection when they come through, you talk to them and you make sure that you remember details the next time they come in, your kids' names or how was this, how was your weekend? I make it a point to always remember. At the beginning, I had like notes and I would write it down because I used to work at Urban Barn and that's based on commission. And I used to have a folder this thick my clients' names, special occasions, special dates, just to connect with them and remember everything about them. Yeah. And so I applied the same kind of idea here with clients. Remember things about them. There's a special occasion or whatever. Sometimes I would offer them a slight discount on their lashes on some small business owners here that were really well connected. When their wedding came up, I'm like, let me do your lashes free of charge, her wedding lashes. She came in and she yeah. was so lovely. She brought me a bottle of champagne. She was very grateful. And I pulled off a gorgeous volume set on her. And she went and she sent eight or nine people to me afterwards. So it's just a very small investment. 
and a lot of care. And she was, it sent me a lot of clients after. So, so would you recommend when lash, when our lash artists are just starting out to do a lot of free work? I would say a lot of free work, but I would do because free work could just be for anybody. You have to really look at who the person is. Yeah. It needs to be pointed what you're intending to do with that person. If you're looking for a small business owner in town, or if you're looking for a hairstylist, wherever it is, make sure that it's somebody that is connected and somebody who, you know, is outgoing enough that's going to talk to people about their, your lashes. Things like that. It has to work back and forth. Don't just give free sets to everybody. Don't just pull like the Instagrammers that have hundreds of thousands of followings because no. those not be hundred thousand people in your city. I've never done one of an Instagram influencers. I've always had requests for things like that. And I have never done any single one of them. I go for the small business owners. Small business owners. You know what? I, I took a lot of moms. So what I used to do when I had slow times when I was first starting out is like, I would post a model call and mm-hmm. pull a couple of people that I saw were like, had a lot of followers, but they looked like my ideal client. And I would work on them. I would record everything start to finish. I would take lots of photos. I would post it, tag them in it, make sure that they had a great time in studio. And a lot of times, even if like they weren't paying for that set, they would come back at least once, twice. And a couple of them still continue to come back like four years later. Yeah. See? Yeah. They liked you. Yeah. They like me. They really like me. How could somebody not like you? (laughs) (laughs) What should we be focusing on if we want to grow a loyal client base? If you're listening on the go, you're not getting the chance to take notes or you just want to dive in a little bit deeper. We've put together a PDF you can download straight from the website, absolutely free. It's got everything you need to learn how to build a loyal walking billboard for your lash business, how to create a luxury experience for your clients so you can charge your worth and then add tax. Go to www.neilamcore.com and click on free resources to download your free copy. It's also linked in the show notes for you. Let's get back to the episode. Like, how do we do it? Is there any steps involved? Are there any pointers? I think you need to focus on each client one by one. So I think mm. the problem is people start their business and they one thing they don't know who they're marketing to. Like you and I both know right away, I'm looking for the small business owner. You're at, the, at that time, you were appealing to a lot of moms, right? Yeah. One client at a time. Loyalty comes one client at a time. So focus on one person at a time make their experience unforgettable. The follow-up should be unforgettable too. You want them to think of you first and foremost. And then once that client is happy with you, ask them to refer you. Don't just wait. Ask them to Google review. At the beginning, my business card, on the back of it, I had a $10 referral thing. If they handed out their card with their name and somebody came in with their card, I would give that, my client, the $10 off. The new person coming in, I didn't give them anything. But the client, I would give them the $10 off. So I did have one client who actually, I think she, she built up like $100. And she was happy. Mm. She was, her touch-ups were free. And she sent me clients similar to her, friends of hers, things like that. So you're getting more people that are the same. And then it's the same thing. It's like loyalty is how you treat them every single time, making sure that they're happy. Not bending over backwards. I'm not saying to be a doormat, but to make sure that they're happy check that they're happy. And when they come in, ask them, are you happy with the curl? Do you want something switched up? Don't just start working on them with exactly the same thing that you did last time or just guessing at what you were doing. Write Always communicating with them. Yeah. Write it down. At the beginning, oh my goodness, I had notes galore. I think somebody has an app for that. I used to have a cue card box and it overflowed. And now, of course, like that's yeah. why we created Lashes Pro exactly for this. You said 
make their experience unforgettable. So like when you say that, I think like a, a fairy princess magic wand kind of moment, but what do you do to make a client's experience unforgettable as a service provider? What does that look like? What's the good way to learn is listening to the negative experience they've had at other places. So at the beginning, I had clients come in and they'd be like, this is what happened when I went somewhere else, or this is being a home studio. Somebody, one of my clients, one of the new clients I had come in and said, I really appreciate that you greet me at the door and you walk me down and you walk me up and you say goodbye. And I'm Aww. like, that seems like such a little thing. She's like, oh, I went somewhere else at the home studio and she just left the door open. I had to walk in. I had to walk out by myself. And she goes in like the fact that you escort me, talk to me. And so it's just the little touches, right? My bed here, for instance, I have three layers of foam on it. Mm -hmm. It is covered and it's public health or whatever, but it also has the knee bolster pillow for underneath their legs. It's that level of comfort for a client when they come and they lie down as well. It's all the little details along the way. My aftercare kit at the beginning had all the little things in it that you're supposed to have the brush and everything. And then it had a couple of chocolates and things like that too. So it's just how you treat them when they come in and greeting them, not just being like... Okay, then I'm like, because you're booked back to back and you can't even spend any time or yeah. talk to them or ask them how their kids are doing or anything like that. Then they don't forget it. I have people from six years ago that suddenly somebody comes in, they're like, yeah, this girl, Brittany, was sending me a recommendation to come to you. I'm like, six years ago? And they're still coming in. I'm like, that's great. I also saw, I don't know if you still do this. Okay, I saw two things that you posted. In the, some of this has been a long time ago, but I thought they were really <laughs> cute. One was that at one point you had branded what are those called? Coffee sleeves. You had branded coffee yeah. sleeves. So were you giving out coffee? Yeah. At that time, after their appointment, they could leave with a coffee. So I have a whole little coffee station here. And then I had another local business owner. She made all the sleeves for me and it had my name and my logo. I think it was MJR Lashes. It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they could have a coffee and they could take it with them. So to build that kind of experience, you have to make sure that you're booking enough time right after mm -hmm. the appointment so that you're not just like kicking them out the door because the next person is about to show up in five minutes. Get um, out. Yeah, get out. The next one's coming. But no, it's so that they would have a coffee and chat with me for a few minutes and then they leave. But it was, yeah, it was very cute. Such a cute idea. I love that. And then another thing I saw you do is I don't think you did Christmas gifts, but I think you did yearly client appreciation gifts. Yes. What, what was that? And do you still do that? I still do that. It's overdue at the moment because COVID kept starting and stopping the business so much. What are you going to uh, do this once year? The year? Oh gosh, now I'm on the spot. I have to think. Of you got to do it. You got to do it. Take taxi <laughs> now. I know. I, I I do. I think a couple of times I was like, so one year I had found these really cute purses, like these little bags that said something about lashes and I put chocolate and a $10 gift card in there to Starbucks and then a few other little trinkets. Yeah. And then I had all the bags on the table. I think I put that on my stories a couple of times. And then, yeah, the Starbucks card always goes very well, goes over well with clients. And it's just a really small investment for the fact that they've come to you all year round when you really add up how much they spent with you. Yeah. It's not that much to do really to just say thank you and I appreciate you. And they don't forget it either. That's a really nice thing. And still have clients who still use the little bag that I gave them. They put their stuff, their makeup in So it. cute. I do it around Christmas time as holiday gifts, but I like that you do them as client appreciation gifts because it takes the pressure off as well, like doing it in January instead. I always do them in December. And I remember last year or a couple of years ago, I did this little kitty cat bag from AliExpress and I put yeah. in disposables and I'm under eye masks, things like that. The year mm -hmm. before I did... 
logo candles. I don't know if I like that idea or not. <laughs> it was whatever. I got like the candles from like Yummy or something. And I put my logo on one side. And I put like eye- eyelash picture on the other side. I must've put it with something else, but I don't remember. And then this last year I started playing with resin and I just really wanted to like get better at resin. So I created- It's so pretty. Oh my goodness. You can do anything. <laughs> that was my, it's my ADHD, right? I start hyper-focusing on different hobbies at a time and then they get cast aside. So I have like hundreds of dollars of resin just sitting in a box right now. I have a brand new rollerblades that I've barely used. Cause like I get literally hyper fixated on a project. I dive all in and then I'm over it, but I want to go back to resin. I just don't have time, but I did custom bookmarks with everyone's names on them for their present this oh, year. And I like, I just thought it was like this cute little thing. Like it probably cost me like $3 a bookmark to make plus my time. And not a big deal at all, but they're all like, this is the best present that they've ever gotten. Mm. Like, I love reading. Like I just picked up this new book and I'm like, oh, this is really cute. And, and even like, more so that you made it. Like, yeah, you know. I thought that was going to be cheesy that I made it. They're just like, oh, no. this is so cute. No, that's so heartfelt. I love that. Lush soaps. I remember I, I did bath bombs one year. I put like really nice bath bomb in each bag. Everyone loves bath bombs. Yeah, like, can say with bath bombs? For a client that's coming in every two to three weeks, spending like a hundred, 130 bucks with you on a fill, like how much money are you making at the end of the year? Going and spending 20 yeah. bucks at the end of the year, yeah. not a big deal. I know LashCon, Paul and Tessany were talking on an episode one time about how they do birthday gifts for clients. So I started doing that, but I only remembered for like a year and a half and then I wasn't consistent with it. So I'm like, I have to stop. I don't think I could keep up with trying to remember when everyone's birthdays were, but I remember... At the beginning, when I only had a handful of clients, I did remember them and they got a free photo. Oh, that's that's that easy. But then you're like losing money out of your own yeah. pocket, right? Like a fill is how much versus something you can buy for 20 bucks. For a little while, I was getting flowers and cupcakes and then I switched over to oh, Starbucks wow. gift cards and a card because that was yeah. easier. Then I switched to Sephora gift cards, which people loved. But like, I wanted to go to the store and get this up. And I'm like, I can't, like, I give up. Like, it's not happening. I was missing birthdays. And I'm like, now it's not fair to everybody anymore. And I could not do it consistently. So nobody gets birthday yeah. presents anymore. I'm sorry if any of my clients are listening to this. Like, I can't keep up. So you tell me it's your birthday. I will give you a hug. It's all good. <laughs> now you can keep hugs again. So <laughs> everyone gets a hug. Okay. Let's like, go through certain scenarios, like how people can better handle them so they can turn a client that they might lose into a loyal client. So how to turn a lost client into a loyal client. Let's call it that. What do you do or how would you handle a bad review? You want Uh, want a a fake scenario for a bad review? Yeah. Give me a big scenario. Okay. I went and got my lashes down with Michelle. Her cell phone was buzzing in the corner the entire time. And I just felt like the whole appointment was so rushed. So that one wouldn't happen. Because I, couldn't <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. I like I could have gone to retention, but I feel like we kind of talked about retention at the beginning about doing those fills. So let me try to pick something out. Okay, so if it was back in the day, you could say I lay there and all I listened to was like five seventy minutes, and it was really annoying. I don't okay, even know. Let's do that. So that's all that's all you heard, and it was really annoying. How would you handle that? Like you have this miserable client that's upset about the radio. How would you turn this into a loyal client? I would start off by apologizing. It's not that hard to do. I know a lot of people, it feels like weakness to just apologize. But sometimes a person just wants to be validated. They just want to be heard. That's all it is. And sometimes you can cool somebody off just by saying, I didn't realize or I apologize for that. And don't say, I'm sorry you feel that way, because that's never an apology. It's more gaslighting the person. 
So if I did something that upset the person or the environment was off, I would, I would apologize, right? I'd say I wasn't aware. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I will make sure that for the next time there's soothing classical music or you can better yet, you can pick your music when you come in or if you'd like to bring earbuds and listen to something different or if you want a quiet environment, let me know. I can do that for you as well. Just start by acknowledging their feelings and then seeing how you can fix the problem in that same paragraph. Usually if it's something minor, the person will be calmed down just by you having that humble attitude with them. Unless you say, I'm sorry, you feel that way. (laughs) <laughs> that is never the answer. I like okay, I'll tell you, you that, that much. And like, I will apologize even if I'm not wrong. I don't care. Yeah. It means it's nothing. Like you, you want to feel like you're right. Like just to fix the situation, I'll, unless it's yeah. my husband, that's a different story. But just to <laughs> fix the situation, I don't care. I'll take the blame so then I can fix it. Like, as soon as you say, I'm so sorry. Like, I love, I love that you said I wasn't aware because yeah. that really helps them be like, oh, like she didn't do it on purpose. Oh yeah. I know sometimes... People are very on edge nowadays, especially. There's just so much going on. They've got so much stress in their lives. They've got so many things going. They don't always tell you. They're not going to tell you what's going on. Yeah. And sometimes the smallest thing can set them off. And I think if you handle it with compassion and empathy, and remember that sometimes it's not even directed to you. You just happened to be the last thing in their day or something like that. And just a, a quick apology. That's pretty much all they need sometimes. And then sometimes the person will even be like, you know what? I didn't even mean it that way. I'm sorry. They'll calm calm down and right because it's just, there's a lot going on. And just because you don't respond when you're heated doesn't mean that they're not typing when they're heated. Sometimes they just need a beat too. I used to be like that a long time ago. I love rage responses because all the emotion. (laughs) (laughs) Write it out and then delete it. It It's probably a good idea. I was at my chiropractor office the other day. Something I was having a bad day and I'm like, okay, I need to get into therapy again. So Mm -hmm. let me message my own therapist saying I need to make an appointment. So I was sitting in the chiropractor office, just sending this email to my therapist, telling her like what's going on and why I need to get in soon. And the person across (laughs) from me was like, whoa, okay, you probably need to get in before I do because you look like you're having a bad day today. And I'm like, I didn't even say any words, like just my typing and my reactions. People feed off of vibes, energy, words, whether they hear your tone of voice or not, like everything is all connected and it all comes through. Oh yeah, I'm very intuitive to how people feel when they come in. I remember one time one of my clients came in and she was usually very chatty and she just didn't say a word when she came in. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, I did something to upset her. And working on yeah. her is complete silence. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, I think something's wrong. It's actually probably not me. So I waited till we were done. And I said to her, are you feeling okay? And then she burst into tears. Her Aww. dad had died, but she didn't say anything. She just, she still wanted to pretend things were normal. That's how she was coping with things. And good thing I don't have back-to-back. I was able to yeah. spend some time with her and console her. And that's you know, that client, it's not just a client now, it's a person. So that's how you build those relationships too, caring for them, seeing how they're doing. I checked in on her a week later. And even when I got sick a couple of years ago, I had to have a surgery and my clients, none of them had a problem with me taking, I had to take six weeks off. Yeah, None of them had a problem with it. They didn't go to anybody else. They sent me care packages. They came by, they dropped off things like, oh, yeah. Michelle, that's like, so sweet. It's different. And so those for those same clients, they need something or they, they need to reschedule. I'm not going to charge them a fee within reason. They're not unreasonable. But if they miss an appointment or something too, they'd send the full payment. There's a give and a take between that that builds over time. So, And then when you had to miss six weeks, so in that time, they can't come in for a fill. By the time they had to come back, it's a full set. Were they all paying for full sets? They all paid for full sets. Yeah. So yeah. like you don't no have to go and bend backwards. 
People are understanding. Yeah. If you take care of them, they'll take care of you, right? If you treat them like they're humans, they're going to most, hopefully, most will reciprocate. Let's see what other scenarios we can come up with. I'll try to make a better scenario this time. <laughs> okay, so let's use the appointment. So let's say a client forgot to pre-book their appointment and it's like week three and they're trying to get in and they don't have, you don't have any availability and they're mad that they can't come in for appointment. So either that or they have an event and there's nothing in your calendar. And now they're mad at you because they're like, oh, like you should get my lashes. You should be doing my lashes. You should be doing my lashes. So I'm not going to have beautiful lashes now. And it's all your mm. fault. How do you handle that? I would say I would, I, that's where I am from. Like I yeah. would say it isn't actually my fault. It's a lack of planning on your, on, on the clients. And I would address that. I would say to them politely, I would just say, you know what? I can fit you in because I have an after hours program. Yeah. So for this extra fee, no problem. You can come in. We can fix this problem for you. However, to avoid this problem in the future, you need to pre-book ahead of time. If you have a social date, you need to pre-book ahead of time so that this doesn't happen again. Give them the alternative. But also just charge them more for that after hours appointment. I'm sure you can find the time if you're charging them an extra fifty dollars. Yeah. Did you learn that from the lashpreneur? Actually, yeah, I did. That's Sarah. where I learned that too. That is yeah. like the yeah. holy grail. And like I've taught other people <laughs> that now too, like other from other industries. And people pay it even for full sets. Yes. I instead yeah. so I do, I think I charge $25 an hour for any after hours appointments. And people have paid that on three and a half hour volume sets, three and a half hour mega volume sets. And I'm like, that's a lot of money for lashes. But you, again, like she says, you cannot speak for somebody else's wallet. Exactly. I had the hardest time with that at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. When somebody comes in with one extension and I didn't want to charge a full set price because I'm like, oh, I feel bad for them or whatever. Then you learn it's not for me to decide what they have income-wise or money-wise or here and We've talked about this. So now it is a full set price. So yeah. I remember charging for Sunday morning. Somebody needed an appointment. I charged an extra 25 per hour. No problems. And she brought me a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, like they don't care. You're doing them a favor. And they're like, oh, yeah. coming in for me. It's like the VIP yeah. treatment. If they want it, they'll pay for it. And I always say, yes, I can take you at this time after our fees of this. Or you can come in on this day at this time during regular hours. So like they have the choice. It's exactly. not like if you want to come in, you have to pay this. You can also come two weeks from now at this time. Exactly. It's how you phrase it to them. Okay. Just don't take it personal. Yeah. What they do say, not don't take, take it, it personally. Personal. It's all business. It's no big yeah. deal. Speed round. Let's do a couple <laughs> more questions. What was your worst job? Working in a candy factory when I was a teenager. <laughs> that sounds like the best job. <laughs> it sounds like it, doesn't it? Except I was like five foot one. And one day I was reaching into the, like this mixture bin with a scoop. And I was like 90 pounds or something. And I tipped over and I could have fallen in. Somebody grabbed me by my feet. I was way too like tiny to work in that factory. <laughs> and I remember packing the chocolates. Oh my gosh. If I even tell you about, I bled on half of those boxes. Like they just, they go so fast to your fingers and then it's getting cuts all over the place. And then like somebody's getting these chocolates around Christmas time. And there's probably like red streaks all over the place. It sounds like it a horror movie. You falling into candy <laughs> barrels and cutting yourself on chocolate boxes. Yep. It was not good. How do you like to spend your day when you're not working? Sleeping. And what's not working? <laughs> I don't know what that is. But is it the always thing that you go to work for yourself because you don't want to work full time or whatever? And yeah, you quit your nine to five to work 24 seven. That's exactly yeah, it. That's exactly it. I don't know what a day off is, honestly. <laughs> no, and it's hard. Even when you have a day off, your mind is like thinking 
of things that you can mm-hmm. do. And it's the problem is that you, we also enjoy it, right? I don't know you, but I, I'm pretty sure you do because I see your social media. I think you enjoy that side of it. You enjoy creating this beautiful experience online as well. And I love your stories too. Like they're, even oh, your stories are branded. The way that you post your stories. This girl, she's on the ball saying right on the ball you're so kind you know how much goes into all of that i can imagine it looks like it like i could not i cannot keep up with stories for even just regular things and yours are like branded and pretty so every time you post i'm always excited to see what you're posting because i know it's going to look good oh you're so sweet we talked about the best training you've already taken your favorite okay this is not a biased question i'm not trying to get you to say lashes pro so just anything (laughs) your favorite program or app at the moment what do you love to use or what's made your life easy So I go through a lot of apps and I try everything out. I love trying to discover new things, but honestly, the best one that I always go back to is InShot and Canva. So to have those stories up all the time, I like, I preload on my stories, the backgrounds and stuff that I want, and I have it all ready to go. You know how on stories you can send your post up or you can put something up, right? And then you can add a sticker behind it so that the background changes. Yeah. I always have those ready to go. So that's through Canva. And then InShot, Man, that could, with every update, it gets better and better. Once you know how to use it, it's amazing. Yeah, I think there's a learning curve to it. I've watched YouTube videos about people online using it for editing and stuff, and I've downloaded it. I've never opened it. I'm like, I think I need to. I think I paid $12 a year for it, but I'm telling you, that's, you can draft everything too. So like, I I don't even know right now, 50 different drafts of things all the time going on. Yeah, in my InShot. So my video stuff sits in a draft and I can go back and work on it when I'm in the mood or whatever. Sometimes I'm watching, yeah, so much for downtime. You're trying to watch Netflix or something like that, and I'm still sitting there with InShot doing something, right? Cutting and splicing videos all day long. So yeah, it's a phenomenal app. Okay, so InShot is definitely something we need to try out. It's only 12 bucks a year, which is nothing. I spend more than that on so many apps. How long did it take you to get the hang of it? And how long have you been using it for now? And now I've been using it probably, I'm going to say close to five years. Okay, um, I was to love. Yeah, it's a love. That's a long-term relationship. Me and InShot. Yeah. When you pay the twelve dollars, it takes the InShot off, off the screen too. Right? I cannot um, stand the branding on like. I, that's yeah. probably why I pay for so many apps. Is I cannot stand the watermarks on anything. Yeah. At the beginning, when I didn't want to pay for it, I kept just trying to make it bigger so it cut off the InShot at the bottom, and people wouldn't think I was cheap. But yeah, is there something that you do now that you wish you would have implemented like years ago at the start of your career? I wish that, okay, now I take mental health breaks. I didn't before. Sometimes we'll are social for a while and then they'll come back with a post and say, sorry guys, I was gone for a few days or a few weeks. I needed a break, whatever. I don't apologize. I disappear when I need to and I come back when I want to. And I do that even with my stories. I'll let them run out. I'll disappear for a few days. I don't come back and say, hey, sorry, I was gone for I think it's important like not to have to apologize to have to take time for yourself. And I'm better at it now because before it was 24 seven, even though I say 24 seven now, it's still, it's not as consuming, all consuming as it was before. If I disappear now, I'm still doing stuff. I'm always doing things, but it's not all consuming. And I've learned to take the breaks when I need to. I have my Mondays off. I have um, Thursdays at half a day. And now that I'm training so much, I need that extra time to think for a student, right? Like, what do they need when they're messaging me? How can I help them? Do I need to make a video for them? So I find that since my brain is so occupied, I have to give it a break. 
and so that I can give to my family as well. Absolutely. And it's important to know like what buckets you want to pour from and which ones are having the holes. So good for you. It's not an easy decision to make. It's hard to say no to money. This is like the biggest thing. It's so hard to say no to money, but you got to do what's best for you. Yeah, because at the same time, you you could be rolling in money, but then if you're not doing well mentally or your family's not doing well, everything else is going to fall apart too. Yeah, that took a few years to learn. (laughs) Yep. Oh yeah, for me too. (laughs) At the beginning, I chased everything. Now I'm just like, nope, I got to think about it. I got to think about if it's worth my time money and mental health to fly out there or to do this or to do that. And I have to weigh that. And if it's not, then I don't, it's a no, right? I've learned to say no. Yes. So important. Last question. It would be, what do you want to be remembered for? It could be personally, professionally, doesn't matter. Just your life mission. Honestly, it's going to sound maybe a little cheesy, but just, I just remembered for being a kind person. I don't need to make an impact in the industry, beyond the industry, like with everyone that I've connected or anything like that. It's just, I just want to be remembered for being a kind person and being compassionate to those around me. That's it. I don't think that's cheesy at all. And I think that goes to show like why you've been able to, you're living it as well. You're embodying what you want to be known for, because that's how you've created such a loyal client base as well. So not cheesy. Yeah, It's cute. I like it. (laughs) What is it on my website? I can't even remember the Maya and the quote that I have on there. Oh, yes. We have the same quote. I love that quote. <laughs> People won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them I, feel. How you made them feel. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that's the other thing. When I think about people that have made an impact in my life, or that I've connected with, even if I've only met them one or one or two times and I remember them so strongly, it's because of like how I felt when I was with them. Yes. I don't even remember the conversation. Lulu is one of those people. Like I only met her for a short period of time. I only hung out with her for a short yeah. period of time, but I just remember I love this girl so much because like her vibe and we just had a great time <laughs> together. And it's just, <laughs> it's literally the energy and the feelings that people give off and the way that they're compassionate and the way that they care. Exactly. I just had a student who... She's like, I saw you on Instagram a couple of years ago. She's been watching for two years. And it was the sweetest thing. She said, I feel like I know you. And she goes, and I feel the way that you coach your students, the way that you're so kind, the way you come across, you don't yell at people or chastise them. I just felt like I could learn in a safe environment with you. And I was like, wow. I didn't realize. Sometimes you can get in that headspace where you're like, I'm not as loud as other people, not creating as much content as other people, but the people that I'm speaking to or the ones that I'm connecting with, it's a longer run. I don't have students even or clients or students that, that come in and out without me really knowing them or leaving without a good relationship. A lot of the girls that have trained here, they've become friends. Sometimes I forgot that I even trained them in something. <laughs> and I support their businesses. I try to send people to them. And though we're a small community, it doesn't bother me at all that there's, there's quite a few in this area that have trained because yeah. it's like, there's more than enough business for everybody. So I send things their way and they reciprocate too. And you build a nice community like that too. Absolutely. And different people are going to relate to different people. Like the type of clients that you have is not going to be the same vibe of clients that one of your trainees will have or someone else down the road. Unless you guys are very similar, you don't want the same type of clientele. Exactly. No. And I want a student here too that wants to connect with me and feels comfortable enough to ask me questions afterwards and things like that and lets me help them as much as possible too so I don't want them to just come take a training and then disappear because then I feel like I haven't done my job because I know 
when you leave a training, you've got questions. So then maybe they're not asking me anything at all. Either the training was amazing <laughs> or they feel like they can't ask the question. And I don't want them to feel that way because I have felt that way. I've taken yeah. trainings before where afterwards I was like, I don't know if I can send a question. And if I do, I never got a response. So it's like money wasted. And I, I don't ever want to waste somebody's money. I think it's really cool that you have other lash artists in the city coming to you because that goes to show something about your personality, the way that you train too. Because I think if I was training with another lash artist in my city, no, I don't think this now, but I would have thought this five years ago, I would think that yeah. they wouldn't tell me everything that they know because they wouldn't want me to take away from their business. That would be, that was my mindset like probably five years ago. So yeah. it's really cool that they have this, they trust you. They have this rapport with you that you're going to give them like everything that you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had at one point almost seven lash girls coming through here for touch-ups, for pillows, for sets, for lash lifts. And we openly, I have no problem because I know that whatever I'm doing or whatever I'm using isn't going to, might not work for them anyway. Like it's all about your environment, stuff like that. If you can help somebody out, help them and drop in on the receiving end of that, right? Absolutely. What did I tell you? Is she a sweetheart or what? You can find all of Michelle's social media pages and trainings linked in the show notes. And if you're listening on the go and you didn't get the chance to take all of the notes that you wanted to, just head to neilmcore.com for all of this week's show notes. If you enjoyed listening to this week's episode, I would love for you to leave a review. Not only does it mean so much to me, but it also helps other artists find the show so that they can work on their business too. Until next time.